Welcome to Big News Wednesday. Welcome back, everyone, to the news. We're it. We are the news. I'm John Roll. That's Francesca Fiorentini. Francesca, how's it going? Happy New Year to you. Happy, <laughs> I don't know if this is the song. Um, hi <laughs> to mm-hmm. you. Happy New Year. What a year. <laughs> hi, really good to be here. What's up? I, I worry that that has doomed the year. If yes. That's the vibe that oh, we're that's entering. the curse. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very much like like the scene in Titanic where the radio stops working. Was that in Titanic? Or, or no, Titanic no, 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 no. It's the other one. It's not down. It's up. It's the one in Apollo thirteen where like the the radio starts to like burp, 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 burp. That's what twenty twenty four is already looking like. I appreciated that transformer sound effect, but it's been a long time since I've seen either of those films, unfortunately. <sighs> but anyway, glad to have you here. Thanks for coming back. I know you're not normally here on Wednesdays, but thank I you. Know. Great well, thank here. you. Thanks, Jr. Thank you, Jr. Um, who will someday. On the show again. <laughs> we'll see. Probably soon, maybe. Uh, I predict he will be, though. And we have other predictions coming for our members, uh, which we will be recording later on. Every year we do our predictions for the year. And so we're going to do that. I got uh, coming ones. up soon. But anyway, glad to have you here, especially because we got a lot of news to talk about. Not only all, there's so much stuff having to do with the Epstein associate files that are going to come out. And the funny thing is, it's like they're not going to come out anytime soon, but lots of people are already really worried. And I feel like their preemptive attempts to defend themselves are really making them look bad. So we've got that. We're going to give you some updates on the GOP primary, some really disgusting stuff going on over there. We're going to have a little bit of fun making fun of Elon Musk. Elon Musk did something that just makes me so happy. I'm just so happy that he is flawed in the specific ways that he is, and he doesn't have the capacity or interest in ever improving. So we're gonna have fun with that. And then coming up in the aftermath, we're gonna have the return of the damage report court. We're gonna be talking about toys and a particular California law that has to do with toys. We're gonna talk about the concept of virtual sexual assault. And then we're gonna be closing the show. We have found an excuse to discuss a board game. On the damage report. It's taken years, but we finally done it. And it looks <laughs> like absolute hell. So that'll be fun. So anyway, in advance of all that, please hit the like button, share the stream. And you can send us comments, tweets, super chats, all that. We'll respond as we go. And you might even get yourself a blue apron gift card. And with that, Francesca, are you ready to do this thing? Oh, yeah. I am also mostly ready. I am shooting from home because I have a sore throat, and I am beginning to suspect that my voice might not last the entire show. But stay tuned. To oh find no, this will be. Well, I, well, I have to jump in. All right, you just give me a little sign. Okay, um, everybody, you be safe. <laughs> COVID, COVID numbers are crazy on the rise, so please stay safe and also yes. get that new vax. Yo, I'm not. I'm like. Like I'm not, no one paid me to say this. I wish they did because I could really use the money. Patreon.com slash situation room, Pfizer. But like the Nuvax, that works. Like I literally feel like I felt it kick COVID out of my nose. (laughs) Just leaked all over your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, Uh, bye-bye. But yes, everyone definitely be careful. Supposedly the numbers are about to be like the second highest they've ever been in the entire pandemic. So that's fun. Um, but anyway, let's turn from that to something equally fun, starting with this. I have nothing to hide. There are some people who may be ashamed of the fact that they hung out with Epstein. But remember, 
A lot of people hung out with Epstein before he was convicted. Presidents of Harvard, uh, deans, uh, uh, Nobel uh, uh, quality scientists. He was very well thought of in the beginning. None of us knew uh, about his private life that he kept so secret. There's a difference between what happened after he was convicted and the nature of the relationship after he was convicted and everybody should judge for themselves. So as you probably know, the list of associates of Jeffrey Epstein is going to be released soon. It's been delayed until January 22nd. So now we've got a couple more weeks of waiting. And for some people, scrambling to get out in front of their likely appearance on that list. That is Alan Dershowitz in that video. And we already know that he has a history with Epstein. That much is clear. He appeared several times on Epstein's flight logs between 1998 and 2005 and has admitted that in 2015 he received a massage at Epstein's house. A massage. Um, he has also been accused by Virginia Jeffrey of being a participant in sex trafficking before uh, she walked back the allegations and publicly declared that she might have mistaken Dershowitz uh, for someone else. And we're gonna get to more of his commentary, but really fast, I do wanna address that he said, there's this distinction, okay? At one point, nobody knew what Epstein was doing, which admittedly is true. We might disagree about what that point is, but he made it seem as if the point was the conviction. Yes. After that, well, then if you're hanging out with him, then that's an issue. First of all, he wasn't free at that point. Who's hanging out with him after he was convicted of these crimes? No, we suspected for at least several years leading up to it. And the thing is, like, yes, there are probably, he's a rich guy. There were lots of people who hung out with him in the 90s or whatever that might well not have known anything. They were at a party that he was at or something like that. But it is different if you are frequently flying on his private planes. And in particular, if you're receiving a massage at the guy's house, I've been invited into several private homes in my life and never once was I offered a massage. Oh that God. stands out, that's a specific thing. So we're gonna get to more of his commentary, but really fast, Francesca, he seems to be, I think, protesting too much. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, did you know that like Gandhi was actually friends with uh, Alan Der? I mean, with, with Jeffrey Epstein and uh, Mother Teresa also friends with Jeffrey Epstein. And really, Saints, the Pope is also friends with Jeffrey Epstein. Um, like Angelina Jolie, probably. Um, what's Clooney? Amal Clooney's definitely friend. Like, I love how he's just like mentioning every single good person that he can think of. Mm -hmm. Is like, there's people whose names I don't know, but amazing people. In fact, if you weren't hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein in the 90s, you're probably, you were evil. Um, but <laughs> Dersh has been on mainstream news talking about Epstein and saying way too much about himself. Namely, yes, admitting that he got a massage at Epstein's home, which we know from all the reporting. And yeah, from these, the conviction of Jelaine Maxwell and Epstein himself was explicitly how they entrapped young women into their home to say you can get paid a certain amount of money if you give me a massage. Well, of course those massages ended up being sexual in nature and incredibly coercive. And then people were like, they preyed on young women who had, uh, uh, who were poor, who needed the money. Um, and then often they were deprived of their liberty, like in the case of Virginia Giuffre. Um and, and finally, we all remember when he said, I have a perfect sex life. Now, John, I don't know what do would compel you to tell the world you have a perfect sex life 
unless you felt your back was against the wall because you're probably complicit in sex trafficking. Like nothing would like in no world would I say that on national television um, and just admit that he definitely does not. And he's definitely engaged in non-consensual well, with look, who knows I, who. I cannot say that I he definitely say. has done I anything as the host, as the responsible host of the show, I cannot say that. I will just say, I think there is a gradient of suspicion where some people have never been seen with him, no association. Francesca, I am not worried that you're gonna be on those logs. There is people in the middle ground and then there's people near the end that have other things about what they've revealed or about their character that make them a little bit more suspicious. So I'm just saying he is a little bit more on the right side of that spectrum. But that said, he's going to try to sort of change the subject. Take a look at this. Me too basically says believe anybody except if they're a Jew and an Israeli, the stories about the rapes that have been documented in Israel. The Me Too movement, no, 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 we're not interested in that. A feminist, we're not interested in that. If it was a Jew who was raped, forget about it. Anybody else? So, you know, there's a lot of picking and choosing by radical feminists about who they're gonna believe. It's it's shocking that so many feminists have refused to condemn Hamas. For yeah. raping and cutting off the breasts. I mean, you know, all of this makes Jeffrey Epstein, by comparison, my God, there's so much hypocrisy on the hard left among feminists. And maybe this will help expose that as well. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wowza. <laughs> okay, so oh there's two God. parts of that, and they're both amazing. So the first is why is it that the Me Too movement hasn't focused enough on the, the brutal murder and torture and rape of women by Hamas. Yeah. First of all, I don't know who these days speaks for the Me Too movement that he's like logging what they've said and what they haven't. I don't, I don't see a lot of feminists coming out and being like, I don't believe the New York Times reporting. I don't think anyone doubts that reporting and, and everyone I think can all agree that it's absolutely horrendous. Some of the most barbaric behavior uh, uh, literally imaginable. The Me Too movement is a specific movement around a specific set of behaviors. You can't just say anything that negatively impacts a woman is all the same. And if you don't speak out in the same way about everything, then you're an utter hypocrite on the thing that you're choosing to focus on. But then there's the second part is why he talked about that at all. It was to then say, well, compared to those monsters, Epstein ain't that bad. Exactly. Why are you going on the news to defend Jeffrey Epstein? And yes, yes by the way, I think that the stuff Hamas did is probably worse. I think that if we force ourselves to compare those two things, yes, Hamas is worse. That said, they're both monsters. Why are you defending Epstein when you are suspected to be one of his associates? This is, I mean, this is the beauty of your brain on Zionism is I will use any excuse to bring up the fact that I'm actually the victim and Israel's the victim, bomb, 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 right? Like this is, it's just, it's so bizarre. The Me Too movement was peaked in 2017, buddy. Like who, who are you expecting right now? Do you want like, I don't even know who, like who's gonna, like, I, like Asia Argento, is she gonna speak up against this? You know, like it's just so bizarre to me. And he's of course doing this. He's just trying to like, it's a grab bag of right wing talking points at the end of which you're right. The surprise is by comparison, I mean, and you, you wanna follow up and be like, well, 
What did Epstein do, according to your understanding? Of course, uh, purely, uh, you know, by reading news sources, not by actually physically being there on the island and you know in his home getting a massage. Like, this is the real thing, and and I'm curious because the flight logs matter in terms of where people went. Apparently, yeah. Professor Noam Chomsky was on the flight logs. That's very unsettling. But mm-hmm. was Chomsky on flight logs to like? You know, Boston, or was he on flight logs to the island? That's yeah. going to be key. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and I know there's going to be a lot of notable names. Like, it's just it's such a weird direction to turn in. Like, to take the the horrific, unimaginable experience that so many people, uh, particularly in in the areas of sexual assault and torture, experienced, and then say that gets you off the hook for possibly having coerced sexual massages. Is such an utterly bizarre way to live your life. Like, if if my wife accused me of cheating, I can't be like, well, yeah, but have you seen what the Saudis are doing in Yemen? Like, that's not how responsibility works. You don't get to take the suffering of the person that gets you off the hook for your disgusting behavior. And by the way, by disgusting behavior, I'm not just saying like the stuff that he's alleged to have done there. Like he was super defensive of Donald Trump. I, I know people in the chat were talking about back in the 90s when he wrote an op-ed suggesting that the age of consent should be lowered to 15. Like that, this is the contextual stuff through which we try to understand what you might have done. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, with that said, I wanna jump to another person who's popped up in these stories. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, of all people, uh, decided that he wants to get involved in these Epstein conspiracies and now could be facing a lawsuit as a result of it. So he was on the Pat McAfee show on ESPN. He said, there's a lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, are really hoping that doesn't come out. I'll tell you what, if that list comes out, I definitely will be popping some sort of bottle. I don't know what the history is between Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Kimmel. I don't know why Aaron Rodgers' day would be improved if a talk show host was found to have engaged in pedophilia. That's a weird thing to brighten your day. Um, And I don't know what the evidence supposedly is for Jimmy Kimmel. I'm assuming it's Aaron Rodgers, so he read something about QAnon on 4chan. But anyway, Jimmy Kimmel responded saying, for the record, I've not flown, I've not met, flown with, visited, or had any contact whatsoever with Epstein. Nor will you find my name on any list other than the clearly phony nonsense that soft brain wackos like yourself can't seem to distinguish from reality. Your reckless words put my family in danger. Keep it up and we will debate the facts further in court. Mm. I don't know to what extent what Aaron Rodgers already said is defamation. It might be vague enough. But from the little I know of Aaron Rodgers, like I think the theory that yeah, he just saw something that Elon Musk retweeted or something and he believes it whole hog. Very viable. That said, if Jimmy Kimmel's name is on the list, then maybe we'll have something. We'll find out in a few weeks, Francesca. (laughs) The point of this story is the following. Powerful people get away with whatever the hell they want. And the people that were on those flight logs, especially the ones that engaged in, yeah, sex trafficking and were accomplices and condoned it, they, they are the worst of the worst and Epstein represented Basically, what happens when you have all the money and all the impunity and all of the power, and your friends are um, celebrities and bankers and um, politicians, of course, as we will talk about very shortly, uh, you get away with all of this, and everyone was complicit in it. When Bill Gates is on your flight, um, 
that's what happens. And so it's it is truly to me the Epstein story. It does kind of define defy party, although we will see how many people try to make it partisan. But no, it is about someone who was a money handler for both the left and the right, whomever, um, and then also was a sick perv that kept young women against their will and did so for decades and never, ever, ever saw justice. And when he finally did, oops. He winds up dead in prison. Yeah, I'm not saying someone had him killed, but I'm saying if you think he was probably killed, you're not crazy to think so. So again, it is, this is sort of the way that QAnon and Aaron Rodgers and those kinds of conspiracy theorists, they're right about certain things, which are that the powerful do get away with whatever they want. And the Epstein case was a one case in which he finally was brought to justice. He did get away with it. But he was finally brought to justice, including Jelaine Maxwell. Um, yeah. So that's what we should focus on and also focus on no one should have this amount of power. Um, and hell, money corrupts. 100%, I agree. Um, and I will say before we move on, because we have another wacko who's gonna appear in this. Just in ter- like, personally, I think if you were gonna be suspicious of people for possibly being involved in this sort of stuff, in um, not, caring that the girls who are being like, who are you're just, they're appearing at these parties or giving you massages or whatever are really young. Um, I personally think that there's, you know, obviously misogyny across the political spectrum. I will just say though, in terms of what the sides say about these sorts of issues, it is funny to me that the right is so sure that the only people who could have possibly done this are like leftists or liberals or Democrats or whatever. Like, who is it that's filling their podcasts and their web shows saying that, first of all, women should definitely be getting married much younger? You have Matt Walsh talking about how, like, like these like 14, 15, 16 year old girls should be like married off. Tucker Carlson joking on the, the Love Sponge show years ago about. Uh, about young girls like experimenting in college and everything. Who are the ones saying that like women should submit to men and never deny them sex and that sort of stuff? Like, like if there is anyone who can conceive of not really giving a damn about a woman or her autonomy, her control over her own body, or just her ability to determine her own sexual um, uh, life, it is enthusiastically embraced by these people. These are the 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 Andrew Tate people. Yes. Entertain is literally a person who is locking women up and making them do cam shows. They laud him. They still bring him on their shows. Like they are harboring likely multiple lower level poor man's Jeffrey Epstein's. Yes. And then meanwhile, they're like, oh, it's you guys are perverts over there. Also, women are property. You guys are nasty over there. I just see a little bit of hypocrisy there. And I think it's so weird that it's not acknowledged more. That is everyone. This is why we love John. Because John makes those kinds of points, and that is exactly right. They're they're just jealous they couldn't Epstein, but that's exactly what is keeping women under his control, depriving of them of their freedom. And hell, given the reproductive rights and the way things are going, and I know we're going to talk about it in a little bit, women are going to be in dire situations even more, needing financial assistance, needing help. All of that leads to the conditions where people like Jeffrey Epstein and low-level Jeffrey Epsteins can thrive. It's a right-wing ideology, 100%. I will say this. 
If it turns out Trump ever went to Epstein Island, I will remove any support from him. But I know Roger Stone very well, and I know people that know Trump well, a lot of people, I'll leave it at that. I know women that have dated Trump, prominent women. I know friends of his, people that stay at his house when they go there. Roger was his wingman in between divorces. Uh, and so Roger knows all about Trump's proclivity. He gets devoted to one woman at a time. It's totally obsessed with him, totally nice to him. He's a neat freak. He wants testing. He, he puts Purell on his hands constantly. And he, everybody that knows him, he's super cool, playing golf, everything. He always thought Epstein was creepy. He's super cool playing golf. What are you talking about? And what is with his desk? Can you stack a paper? <laughs> it's, what about the beacon of person. light? What about Ugh. the sort of like, <sighs> what is that? Like the radar beacon going round and round around his know. like a lot. Power Ranger ass new logo? There's a lot of weird stuff going on. But that is Alex Jones starting off his commentary by saying something that sounds like, oh, he's being reasonable. He says, if it turns out that Trump went to Epstein Island, I will remove my support for him. That is an utterly worthless comment because they will never accept it. They will never accept the evidence if it comes out. And I have no idea, by the way. I would assume that it is unlikely that he went to that island. I will also assume that everything that he said about Trump's proclivities isn't true. He's he's devoted to one woman. He loves them. He's very nice to them. And he loves Purell or whatever. This is the guy like bragging a Billy Bush that he just rolls up on women because he's a celebrity and starts grabbing their genitals. Um, and we, we know all about the allegations of the sexual harassment, the sexual assault, the cheating and all of that. That is largely, I guess, irrelevant to the Epstein stuff. But the issue here is that they are already on the right getting out in front of the likelihood that Trump is going to be implicated in this. He might not be, we honestly don't know. But we do know that Trump has had a history with Epstein. That is not new. I mean, you can see the many times that he hung out with Epstein and with Ghislaine Maxwell as well. There was the weird thing where I'm pretty sure this is after Epstein died, he still wished Maxwell well. Yep. This weird need to be defensive towards them. Yep. And the idea that he always thought that Epstein was creepy. Well, first of all, why did he keep hanging out with him constantly then? And I will read the classic quote. In 2002, on a profile on Epstein, Trump said, I've known Jeff for 15 years, terrific guy. He's a lot of fun to be with. It is even said that he likes beautiful women as much as I do. And many of them are on the younger side, no doubt about it. Jeffrey enjoys his social life, which is so creepy. But anyway, um, it's I, an admission. It's it's the Dershowitz thing. Why do people admit that they were with Epstein and that they know that he trafficked young girls? I mean, that's if Trump thought Epstein was creepy, it wasn't in a I'm gonna call the police or I'm going to stop hanging out with him way. It's a you dirty dog, you like 16 year olds. Like that yeah. is the attitude. And that again is the misogynistic attitude of someone who has power and can get away with anything. Um, and he relishes in that. And it's an admission. It's an admission because these fools know they're not going to be brought to justice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. And you know, like over on Fox, they're saying uh, they have a, a Chiron up as they're talking about Epstein and Trump. No indication of wrongdoing by prominent associates. 
By the way, we don't just because your name is a list, we don't necessarily know exactly what that means. Maybe there will be other details, but there is this very defensive approach to this. And and I want you all to be ready that if if he appears on that list or if some other prominent right winger appears on that list, it will mean nothing to the right. There is nothing that could come out that will convince them that 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 Trump is did anything wrong. I mean, you have Marjorie Green. If I could jump back to graphic three, she put out a tweet just a couple of days ago talking about how for some us, it's no surprise at all that Bill Clinton will be named in the Jeffrey Epstein files. We said it a long time ago, but they labeled us conspiracy theorists. There will be lots of names you've never heard of in the IC collected info on them. Pedophiles belong in jail, not on secret government lists. So. Uh, by the way, will Bill Clinton be on the list? I don't know, maybe. I, I don't think it's a zero chance. And I also don't care because he ain't my uncle. Like I don't hang out with the guy. If he was a perv, then reveal it. But you'll notice there that she is saying that he will be on the list and pedophiles are on that list. So if Trump is on that list, what's gonna happen? You already know what's gonna happen. They put his name on the list to frame him. Election interference. Mm -hmm. This is rigged. It's made up. It's BS. How could they do this to him? If there's any Democrat, if there's Bill Clinton, then it'll be totally authentic. The CIA is not trying to frame him or whatever. And it'll be exactly like her claims about the Georgia election. Simultaneously, it was stolen from Trump in Georgia at the presidential level, but her election, which took place at the same state under the same system, was totally legit. That is how they're going to approach this list. If any Democrats are on there, it's authentic and they should immediately be locked up. If any Republicans are there, you do not have to pay a single iota of attention to it. That's my prediction. Well, John, look, if you're going to take down the pedophile rings, as says the Q prophecy, you have to embed with the pedophiles. So look, if his name is on there, there must be a very good explanation. And I just have to consult my drops to figure out which one it is. 100% some breadcrumbs maybe anyway we're we're still we got what 19 days maybe we'll know maybe we'll know we'll see what happens i'm not i'm not a candidate this is my kids would say that's my jam if they remove Trump's name, my name's off too. And I call on Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley and Chris Christie to do the same thing. Their words are cheap, action speaks louder than words. Now their unwillingness to do that I think reveals that they're actually complicit in part in what's happening, even if indirectly. Your reaction to those comments, Governor, complicit in the lawfare against Donald Trump. Just absurd. I mean, I have a responsibility to accumulate delegates. I'm not going to unilaterally seat any. I'm going to win as many as I can. Uh, and I've been very clear about both of those those uh, decisions in those states. Um, it's not consistent with the Constitution. I do expect them to get uh, reversed. Uh, I've raised the question about Biden. I mean, if he has greenlit 8 million illegals invading this country, um, is he eligible to be on? So we can play this game all along. Yeah, we can we can play that game, but the game also has rules like most do. Section three of the 14th Amendment does not say, did he let in migrants? Well, then I guess he's off. It's fairly specific and it's your buddy who did that. But anyway, I, while Ron DeSantis is as awful as always, I don't think that his response to Ramaswamy's comment is wrong. Ramaswamy is doing that deferential bowing down, kissing Trump's boot thing of, well, I would never compete in a state that would ban him. And I say everyone should leave. 
No, that's that's because Ron Swamy is not really running for president. He's trying to get either like a podcast deal or be in the Trump administration. That, that's yes. all it is. Ron DeSantis is 100% right to be like, no, I'm not gonna take myself off. Um, and he's gonna be even more right in this video. If any of the other ones of us had gotten kicked off the ballot, Trump would be spiking the football. Let's just be clear, uh, that, that is just the yeah. fact of the matter. That's probably accurate. I think that's a fair, that's a fair point. Again, he's the worst, but that's so right. Oh my God, if Ron DeSantis got indicted or got banned from a ballot, Trump would be mocking him endlessly and nobody would expect him to, to just withdraw from the election or whatever. Francesca, what do you think? I mean, I think he could go even harder. You know, it's just like I'm waiting for one of these candidates to kind of just own their own run, like be a little bit of an alpha. I know that Trump has made you all little beta sad dudes, but just relish in the fact that he got kicked off the, the ballot. You know that you wouldn't have done that. Say that it was probably probably not a good idea, buddy, to like you know incite that that violence. It was a great rally. I do believe the election was stolen. Maybe kind of, sort of. I don't know. What's the line now? Like. Just own it because he would have been. So it's funny that he'd probably spike the, the football too. So I guess I should I should <laughs> celebrate. You know, it's like it's loser behavior. And of course, biggest loser is Ramaswamy. And they're all just trying to be the Veep pick eventually. But look, I, I might agree with Ron DeSantis that Biden could actually um, be kicked off of the ballot. Um, because in the Constitution, apparently you can't deny migrants the right to an asylum. And the right to asylum is in our constitution and the Biden administration is continuing Trump policies and denying migrants asylum in this country. So under that, you could actually do that. Oh, But that would require you to have some humanity for migrants, not say that the illegals are coming into this country. But again, doesn't stipulate that you can't run for office if you denied people asylum. So we're being, that's a fun thing about laws. Mm-hmm. They're written in words and you gotta, Follow them, and if you yeah. violate them, then you know that's illegal. That's 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 the violation of the law. Uh, um, it's but just we'll funny see. that like that we we're we're we have come to. I guess the status quo is we should not expect that any of the people running for president, including sitting governors or the professional media figures interviewing them, should have any idea what the law is or care at all to find out. So you yeah. just throw out well, he let in migrants, and there's no response from her. Like, well, that's not actually what Section Three is about at all. And why would we expect that he would know? Laws don't matter. The Constitution doesn't matter. Everything is just whatever you want it is. Everything <laughs> exactly. is a slippery slope. We are just in like, like one of those like infinite loops that's been greased. That's all all political rhetoric is. It's whatever you want, and everything slides from one into another. It's it's a game of telephone. It's like it's like no, we have a, you could read the Constitution. No, no, no. I'm just gonna listen to what this person told me in my ear. Okay, do what you want. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's not how anything works. Just so annoying. Anyway, um, we do have to talk just a little bit more about Ramaswamy. Now, I do want to skip past the debate stuff. He's not gonna be involved in the debate. Whatever. He can spread his conspiracy theories on Twitter. Let's jump into this next video, though. I'm proud to have Steve King's endorsement, and I think that he has been wrongfully villainized by a media that not once has quoted the alleged racist remark or whatever it is that he made. And I just reject a lot of this mainstream media narrative thing. But for my purposes, he and I have found common cause in issues that no other Republican candidate is speaking to. 
Okay, so stop for just a second to point out how utterly embarrassing is that Ramaswamy's big announcement of a new endorsement is a disgraced former congressman. But he also threw out a challenge there. He said, not once has the media ever quoted the supposedly racist thing that he said. Okay, well, you know, I like to make history. So let's do some quoting. Previously, Steve King, speaking of dreamers, says for everyone who's a valedictorian, there's another hundred out there that weighs 130 pounds and they've got calves the size of cantaloupes because they're hauling 75 pounds of marijuana across the desert. That's what he thinks about the dreamers. Sure, one out of 100 is a smart, upstanding person, but the rest are drug mules. Then during the 2016 Republican National Convention, King claimed that non-white people have not contributed to civilization as much as whites, saying, I would ask you to go back through history and figure out where are these contributions that have been made by these other categories of people you're talking about? Where did any other subgroup of people contribute more to civilization? He also, by the way, was a huge fan of Geert Wilders, the Dutch politician who's largely out of the news these days. but. He endorsed him in 2017, tweeting, Wilders understands that culture and demographics are our destiny. We can't restore our civilization with somebody else's babies. He also claimed in 2017 that white civilization was being wiped out because of the migrant crisis in Europe. And he defended a Wilders tweet saying, we're watching as Western civilization is shrinking in the face of the massive epic migration that is pouring into Europe. That's the core of that tweet. They're importing a different culture, a different civilization. And that culture and civilization, the imported one, rejects the host culture. So some fun virus talk about migrants there. When discussing the terminology like white nationalists, he had been accused of being a white nationalist or white supremacist. He said, white nationalist, white supremacist, Western civilization, how did that language become offensive? Why did I sit in classes teaching me about the merits of our history and our civilization? Yeah, when did white supremacist become a bad thing? It used to be great, you could just claim it. He said at one point, by the way, we don't have a graphic for this. The idea of multiculturalism, that every culture is equal, that's not objectively true. We've been fed that information for the past 25 years and and we're not going to become a greater nation if we continue to do that. Yeah, some cultures are just better than other cultures. But nothing racist has been quoted, right? Okay, back in 2006 on the House floor, he did a little science project. He demonstrated a model of a 12 foot concrete border wall topped with electrified wire that he designed. Quote, we need to do a few other things on top of that wall. And one of them being to put a little bit of wire on top here to provide a disincentive for people to climb over the top or put a ladder there. We could also electrify this wire. We do that with livestock all the time. Christ. This is literally him acting out on the house floor, a scene from the Coneheads movie. Anyway, um, we could throw out other stuff. Back in 2005, he sued the Secretary of State of Iowa because they posted voting information in Spanish, Laotian, Bosnian, and Vietnamese. And he found that to be so objectionable that he sued them. He also, by the way, said at one point, cultural suicide by demographic transformation must end. In 2017, he recommended the explicitly racist novel Camp of the Saints on a radio show. He's recommended it multiple times, I'm just citing one of them. He said at one point in agreeing with Viktor Orban, he said, quote, mixing cultures will not lead to a higher quality of life, but a lower one. He also endorsed Faith Goldie, a mayoral candidate for Toronto, who had recited the 14 words used by neo-Nazis and gave an interview to a podcast for the neo-Nazi website, The Daily Stormer. 
Neither of those was an issue for okay, Steve. Okay, 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 John. Should I not go on? But besides that. But besides those, nobody in nobody in media has ever quoted the supposedly racist thing that he said. The, okay, but well, the other quote, I feel like you quoted all those like accurately, but like quote mm-hmm. one of them inaccurately, and that was the one that Vivek was talking Probably. about. Probably. Anyway, it's, it's just, just Rumpel is wild such a joke. No, dude, Steve King is is a Nazi. Let's put that aside. Ramaswamy is an interesting trial balloon. I think as is Nikki Haley, um, given that they're both South Asian American. Um, and given that Ramaswamy specifically posits himself um, as yeah, an immigrant, yeah, a brown guy. But who's someone who will not at all talk about structural racism or systemic racism against specifically black Americans and Latinos and immigrants come who come uh, through the southern border, come from you know down there, not mm-hmm. by plane over there. Even though so many Latin Americans uh, come by plane, but we don't have to talk about them. And the trial balloon is this: Has the MAGA base have Republicans become so actually racist and white nationalist that they would never vote for someone like Vivek Ramaswamy? Or are they comfortable enough with someone like him because he gets his fame and his his accolades by throwing communities of color and other immigrant communities that isn't him, his immediate family, and maybe the town he grew up in under the bus. So everyone else can be thrown under the bus and be sacrificed. He can buy into the yes, multiculturalism is bad for us, except for me, except for me and my family. And I will be your perfect little Trojan horse to carry out your white yeah. nationalist plans. That's the real question. Yeah, I look, I, I obviously could go on for a long time about this. I will try not to. I will just say, uh, by the way, um, you know, as a, as a white person, I don't know what it must be like if you're not white and you're trying to fit in to a group that is explicitly racist. But for other reasons, you do want to be a part of that group. Maybe you agree with them politically. Maybe you think that they're easier marks for your grift. I don't know, whatever it is. I don't know what that's like managing that, but I know what he's doing. I know what he's doing. He is literally the child of migrants, and he is touting the endorsement of a man who has repeatedly said that migrants, like his parents coming in, is how civilization ends. Not all of them, only the ones that matter. The mm. white Western civilizations fall because they're destroyed by importing other people's babies. He's other people's baby. He's the baby of other people, migrants from another country. He has, according to Steve King, made America weaker by his presence. Both his parents and him have weakened us and might cause the downfall of our great lily white civilization. That is who he is touting right now. Mm-hmm. It's just insane. I, I, I'm sure that he's making a lot of money. I'm sure that he's made the calculation that this is worth it for audience or Instagram followers or whatever the hell it is that he's doing this for. But it is sick in multiple different ways. Yeah, he wants that honorary, honorary whiteness card. Um, he wants to be one of the quote unquote good ones, but he'll still be at the end of the day, one of the ones. Yeah. I. Like literally, it is just the entire thing, the entire grift is so sickening. I don't even like talking about it because I feel like to talk about it, you dirty yourself, you sully yourself by being involved in something that is so obviously dishonest and dirty and gross.
Okay, everyone, we're going to continue on <clears throat> starting with this. U.S. Court of Appeals has ruled that the U.S. government cannot enforce federal guidance in Texas requiring that emergency room doctors perform abortions if necessary to stabilize patients during emergencies. The Biden administration had back in July of 2022 issued guidance stating that the Emergency Medical Treatment and Active Labor Act, a federal law governing emergency rooms, can require abortion when necessary to stabilize a patient with a medical emergency, even if in that state abortion is banned. Texas and associations immediately sued the administration, saying the guidance interfered with the state's right to restrict abortion. So opponents of the guidance said, this wasn't even necessary, you see, because Texas law already allows abortion to save the life of the mother. But that the federal guidance went too far, calling for abortions when an emergency condition is not present and eliminating obligations to treat the unborn child. So Francesca, I just think that the ruling is terrible. But coming not just a couple weeks after the Kate Cox situation, how laughable is the argument from these anti-abortion forces? You don't need to do that. We're already being responsible. We already have a loophole to save the life of the mother. It in practice means absolutely nothing. It's dog crap, but we have it. So the Biden administration doesn't need to get involved. And so this is effectively saying that Texas gets to choose. There will be no federal guidance to potentially save lives. And we will still have a situation where if you develop a medical emergency that risks either your health, your life, your reproductive future, I hope that you have money or that the media decides to pay attention to your case so you can raise a little bit of money to travel to an actual civilized land to get the abortion that's necessary to save your life. So that's what we've got right now. What do you think? It's evil and cruel and par for the course when it comes to Republicans and Republican appointed justices as in the Fifth Circuit. I know the, I guess presiding judge is was a W. Bush appointee. I mean like, you know, it's, it is going to cost more women their lives. People will die because of this and that's stuff we've all gone over. It will also I think cost Republicans the state of Texas. I think that women in the state of Texas are already fired up. They're angry and they're gonna be voting. And I would watch my back if I were Ted Cruz, if I were Greg Abbott, if I were Dan Patrick. These fools know exactly what they're reaping what they sow and it's gonna come for them real hard. Trust me, it will. People will die, there will be a lot of sad and upsetting stories and we need to focus and donate and support and help women flee if they need to flee. We need to fight, but it will come back to bite Republicans in the butt electorally. And I cannot wait for Texas to actually go blue. I mean that, so I I love the case that you're making and I think That there is good evidence that this is electorally motivating. I mean, we've seen even in red states, like their attempts to ban abortion have not gone their way when they've actually left it to the people. Yeah. That said, I mean, we have been waiting for Texas for years and years at this point, and still, but it's been nothing. Self promoters like Ted Cruz managed to get reelected. Like that's that's really the one where theoretically, I think you're. Like, I, I, are you saying that you think Texas could potentially flip blue in the presidential election? Or are you saying that like Ted Cruz might? 
I don't know about um, the presidential election, but I think more on local level stuff. Yeah, in terms yeah. of Cruz and Abbott. I hope so. Um, I think this is, Texas is already purple, we know that. Um, you know, it's really interesting to see like also all this, the counties that voted for Beto in the last election uh, against Ted Cruz. They're all border counties, all of them. Um, it is really important also to remember that the other thing that Texas has is like, right, the, the, the so-called border crisis, which people on the border do not think is a crisis. Like they understand that militarizing the border is not good. It's stealing their land. They don't need it. They need like, like, like come on. So just yeah. watch. Cause yes, it's been a long time, but it's slowly turned purple. And I think that will purple will get deeper and deeper. I mean, I look, I certainly hope so. I mean, you've got the the massive issues, the power grid that they're just deciding for the purposes of the profit of the energy companies, they're not gonna fix. That said, they've also, remember they passed their bill to suppress the vote uh, even more a couple That's of years right. ago. So they're hoping that how unpopular they are gets swamped by how hard it is to vote in Texas. That's but right. We'll see, we'll definitely be looking. That said, I wanna end the hour with a little bit of fun. So let's transition to this. Back in mid-December, John Oliver did an episode, uh, a bit of a deep dive on Elon Musk, his history, the high points of his career, and then also what he's become in recent years. He uh, called Elon Musk erratic, self-serving, increasingly racist. He went farther than that. He said that he was space's first racist sheriff and a less effable reimagining of Billy Zane's character in Titanic. That was a great, that was the best line. That was the best. It wasn't bad. He pointed out one point that Elon Musk was wearing a jacket from Ralph Lauren's midlife crisis collection. He's clearly going for bad boy there, but ended up looking more like a red pilled chip from Rescue Rangers. All of this is hilarious, right? Well, there was someone who didn't enjoy it. And immediately after that happened, Elon Musk took to Twitter to whine about it. And that's fine. We move on with our life, weeks go by, and Elon Musk is still crying about it on Twitter. And I couldn't be happier. He tweeted, this is yesterday. It is rather tragic to see an otherwise capable comedian like I am John Oliver become weak sauce. The reason he is not very funny these days is because he is too keen to pander to wokeness, which is fundamentally a lie. Whereas great humor requires revealed truth. And as we all know from following Elon Musk's Twitter activity, he is an expert on great comedy. Anyway, he said, this is what he said immediately after it aired. Oliver was great several years ago, but stopped being funny when he sold his soul to wokeness where humor is basically illegal. The issue with that is John Oliver is still hilarious. You're just, you're wrong about that. I don't know what you think wokeness is. I don't understand why anti-wokeness has become so core to your personality or whatever. I just wanna say, Francesca, that if I were John Oliver, Mm-hmm. Literally, all I would want coming out of my episode on Elon Musk yes. is for a month to go by and Elon Musk to still be crying about it publicly. Oh, yes. And tweeting at him. And oh, tweeting. God. There's nothing you could hope for more as a comedian when you mock someone for it to still bother them a month later. What do you Absolutely. think? Absolutely. Oh, sold, sold wokeness, you know, like wokeness that was definitely on the Epstein flight. I'm just saying, you know, because <laughs> wokeness is so rich, it just pays off a bunch of people. Um, yeah, I love that he got under his skin with a deep dive expose that was long overdue and was like not the jokes about him were really funny and good, but I think he also kind of exposed 
just how much power Elon Musk has, how many satellites Starlink runs, for example, how many companies he's the CEO of. Like, I'm not sure that Elon actually watched the whole thing. He just focused on him being called Chip from Rescue Rangers because actually <laughs> it lays out a case of why Elon is incredibly powerful and nothing's actually being done to rein in the vast amount and sort of disproportionate amount of um, like, you know, utilities and companies that are that and government contracts that are under his control. So I don't know, man. I mean, Elon will always have the last laugh, and this is why we should always make fun of billionaires like him. But what are we doing about actually reining him in? Yeah, I. It was it was substance. It was it was what John Oliver show is. It was a combination right. of both the substance stuff that we should be worried about, and it was also very funny. Um, and I just think like. It's so sad. Their entire approach to comedy, they're so off on it. There were replies to him, like people who were, because the entire point of being on Twitter these days is to desperately hope that Elon Musk is, like, if you send him a reply, he's going to, like, send you a check for a million dollars or whatever. Like, people responding, facts. I find comics <laughs> like Dave Chappelle and Ricky Gervais are funny oh because God. they say the things that you're not allowed to say. Oh, God. First of all, first of all, oh. I, I, Dave Chappelle for a long time was my favorite comedian. Ricky Gervais makes great shows. His comedy has never been funny. Let's be clear about that. But also, never. do you understand the irony of saying they say the things you're not allowed to say, and they've been saying it in special after special on Netflix, being paid millions upon millions of dollars? Evidently, you can say it actually, and you can be paid a ton of money to say it. They might not be, they're not like, Sending dispatches from a hideout in the jungle, evading the comedy police. They like scroll it and then ship it to someone who posts it on the dark web or something. They're being paid to do specials on Netflix. It's not as rebel as you think it is. Anyway, we're way over. I apologize. Um, there's more to come in the aftermath. Thank you, everybody who's been listening to the first hour, but more to come after this.